Welcome to Wake Forest University Department of Counseling podcast. I'm Dr. Bob Nations, and on this podcast today, there are three faculty members uh, participating in the podcast. I'm Dr. Shannon Warden, and we also have with us uh, Dr. Mark Scholl. All right. And we'll be talking uh, with Mark today about career counseling with college students. That's our topic. And Mark, I understand before you were a college professor, you were a career counselor at UNC Wilmington. How did you first become interested in career counseling? Uh, that's a good question. I was originally um, interested in clinical psychology, and uh, I was taking some electives in the counseling department. This was at Appalachian State University, and uh, I heard there was a course in career counseling, but it didn't fit with my program of my plan of study for my master's degree in clinical psych, and I was just envious of those students because it sounded like such a practical course. Ended up switching to college uh, counseling uh, master's degree at UNC Greensboro and it was just a standard uh, core curriculum course and I was really excited. I ended up doing uh, multiple uh, internships and a graduate assistantship in career services. School, you were so interested in it that you, you know, yeah. you continued to pursue it even when you switched over to UNC Greensboro. That's how much part of it, a part of you that that, that career counseling was. Yeah, I just, I just really loved it because it was so, it was so important and uh, practical for students, and I could see it as being very empowering to. Um, help students develop these career entry skills and self-awareness of their strengths and values. It was great, yeah. Mm. Mark, I know that you are an editor, or the editor, I can't remember, of Journal of College Counseling, or yes, Journal of College Counseling. Is that right? Am I saying that right? I'm not the editor. I'm, I'm one of four editors. One yeah. of four. <laughs> That's still pretty high. <laughs> You're still impressed. <laughs> I have so enjoyed getting to know you on the faculty at, in, at Wake Forest Department of Counseling, and I'm enjoying here now just realizing even more the depth of your passion for career counseling. So this is a person who, in your master's program at one university, began feeling that, pursued it as you transitioned over to another university and I'm hearing there in your words the heart for the student all along what do students need to um, advance in their career interests so that, that was in you I'm just enjoying that yeah. that you have that sort of passion you're it really very student-centered yeah it was really interesting because in all of my clinical psych courses we would have a lab component where our clients would be volunteer students and this was really exciting and enjoyable and then I'd go out into the field and I'd work with non-students and it wasn't exciting, it was enjoyable. It took me a while to figure out <laughs> why I wasn't enjoying the actual work in community counseling centers because the clients weren't college students. So all the, all the more you're <laughs> recognizing what your right. calling is and right. some of your population of interest. Exactly, yeah. It's wonderful. <laughs> and Mark, when we talk about career counseling, What's distinct about career counseling in comparison to other uh, counseling models? Mm -hmm. What do you provide as a way of a service to students if they come in for career counseling? What, what would they receive as a result of career counseling? Mm -hmm. I think of it as being akin to 
strength-based counseling and wellness, you know, and helping individuals to self-actualize, just, mm -hmm. just another facet of uh, a student's self-actualization. Um, sometimes students come in and they're having difficulty with the decision-making process because there's this pressure to uh, choose a major. So uh, helping students to, to understand uh, what goes into selecting a major and guide them through that process. Um, is, and sometimes it's letting them know that they don't have to choose the that there's not this one perfect uh, major out there that they have to figure out, that it's okay to find something they're excited about and, and go for it, and then later they might study something else in graduate school that's, that's different. It's, it's okay to choose something initially and then decide later in your career that you're more passionate about another subject matter. That's mm -hmm. good. Well, and it goes back to you to the depth of that calling that you feel. And that takes time to realize that. Sometimes it even takes stops and starts, right? You, as you said, you got out into the community, and I can connect to that as, as well. I wanted to work with families but I, and children, but I didn't want to be a school counselor. I wanted to be a, a clinical mental health counselor. And so it does take some stops and starts and some uh, further soul-searching of sorts uh, for us to finally land on this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. All right, and then so let me make sure I'm tracking with you, Mark. You, um, you did your master's at UNCG, or finished your master's there, or did you finish your master's at Appalachian? I finished it at UNC Greensboro. Finished it at UNC, yeah. and then yeah. I know you did your doctoral studies there, and then you went out to UNC Wilmington. Yes. And were a career counselor there. That's right. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping, Bob, as mm -hmm. students are listening to this, either current or future, they're hearing one just about you know some of the the different faculty members and some of our different interests and training i hope they're also hearing i could do that you know this is dr shoal talking about career counseling and i could do that in a community maybe i wouldn't want to do it in a community or i can do it in a college um, i know there's some employment assistance and other types of um, context that someone might do career counseling in but I, i'm hoping that students are appreciating that there's a lot of variety a lot of opportunity for them with a master's in either clinical mental health counseling or in school counseling. And Bob, of course, you know, mm -hmm. we talk a lot in our podcast with um, faculty and other guests about the clinical mental health counseling and the school counseling online master's degrees that we offer. So Dr. Scholl, I know you're heavily involved in all of that as well. I'm calling him Dr. Scholl. I slipped into a student mode, mode there. You did, you will. Mark. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> Mark. Um, but yeah, so um, I'm excited. I just I enjoy hearing each of us talk about and express those passions that we have. So I'm, I'm hopeful students pick up on that passion as well. Um, <clears throat> talk some about, Mark, just um, your experiences there at UNC Wilmington and how that then maybe served as a launch pad for you further now since you've been some years since you've been in that role you now teach career counseling in that full circle mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there you were thinking wow this class is really cool I wish I could take that class okay I'm taking this class as part of the core curriculum advance the clock some years now I'm teaching it talk to us about that some that trend that uh, just full circle that you've gone there okay yeah so uh some of the things I did at UNC Wilmington included uh individual career counseling um, which is very conversational, and I really en enjoyed that a lot. I like that face-to-face uh, -face 
interaction and still think the importance of the, you know, the core conditions in counseling, you know, having empathy and positive regard and self-disclosure, transparency, important part of uh, establishing a good relationship in career counseling as much as it is in, in mental health counseling. Um, and I actually think of career counseling as, as a subset of mental health counseling, not that they're two separate entities. Um, there was something called uh, Career Express that we had, and I really liked Career Express, and it was when we would go out into the classrooms and we would uh, present on some sort of topic like resume writing or interviewing skills. And uh, this is kind of uh, what I relate to, to being a classroom teacher, teaching career counseling, was this career express experience where I would go to an anthropology class or, or I would go to a nursing class and I would teach, a, I would teach on uh, assessment with uh, students who were studying to be registered nurses, for example. And so I found out that I really enjoyed that, uh, doing these, these lectures and demonstrations in front of a group. So I could, I could see that emerging, that discovery that, wow, you know, being a college professor would be a great thing too. I could do this, I could do this uh, same kind of thing as a college professor. And uh, my, first, um, my first article that I ever published was on an educational game where students competed for one job. All the students in the class would compete for one job, but they would all be randomly assigned sociological barriers that are sometimes uh, the cause for employers to um, discount, you know, uh, applicants like for example lower socioeconomic status or gender you're the wrong gender applying for a traditionally uh, male field and so the students got to understand what it was like to be in a job interview and to experience that discrimination randomly assigned to them they didn't have a choice <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Talk about integration of yeah. concepts, right? You're building in cultural and socioeconomics, gender, right? And to, to just help them really see the practical application of career counseling. And for those folks, nurses, right? I'm not sure, or no, I might have misstepped there, the article. So I'm thinking, wow, this, this is fascinating, right? We can, as professionals in, in a counseling field, we can be in a college or in a community mental health setting. We can be in a school setting. Um, many other settings, and yet then there's also a, a very natural teaching component as well. There you are, a career counselor at UNC Wilmington, but very naturally in your job description folding in teaching, and then that, you know, just furthered the fire for counselor education. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I really enjoyed it when I would do an interviewing skills workshop, and I would kind of put myself on the line by being the the interviewee and letting a student be the interviewer and they would be really tough they would be tough on me <laughs> look what you were training them to do mark that's right that's right <laughs> you know you you said um when we're talking about counselor education and i know some of the students don't come to the classroom necessarily interested in career counseling or mm -hmm. they don't see that they are integrated career counseling and clinical mental health counseling or school counseling 
Um, and so it's the activities like that, practical application that hopefully helps them see the, mm-hmm. the integration, the practical um, application of mental health training into the career field. I, I'm hoping they see that, but I know you're bound to encounter that where some students just don't get it coming in. How do you, how do you um, reach that student who maybe doesn't quite see the integration possibilities of career counseling and clinical mental health counseling or school well, counseling? Yeah, well, I like the philosophy of a, of a career theorist named John Crumboltz who said we have all of these techniques and tools at our disposal as counselors, as personal counselors. Um, why not apply them to career counseling? Why can't a person who has a real stressful interview coming up use a mindfulness technique to prepare for an upcoming interview? So they start to you know, connect the dots and say, oh, okay, so we can use behavioral technique, cog- cognitive behavioral techniques, um, even constructivist approaches in helping people in career counseling. That's great. I, uh, that way the person's not just the students, not just thinking, oh, I just want to be a career counselor. I just want to be, mm-hmm. right? They're mm-hmm. really recognizing through the career coursework here and um, through your vision for that, that there is the integration and that you – through our training program here the, for the both the campus and the online master's counseling programs, um, that those are going to be uh, a p- core part of the training is career counseling and that there is that expectation uh, for the integration of the two, clinical mental health or school mm-hmm. counseling along with career counseling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know you're sold on it. It might take a little <laughs> salesmanship with a couple of students, but I imagine, all, I imagine most of them get it. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so, too. All right. Well, I know um, Bob Mark was talking there. Uh, Mark was talking there about um, you know a little bit around theoretical orientation. Mark, do you want to say a little bit more about that? Of you know what some of the theories or models that you find practical in helping students. Well, um, a model that I find really helpful is um, is known as uh, triangulation, and it's the idea that you help a student gain self awareness of their skills. Their, their values and their interests, and each of, those, uh, each of those facets forms a triangle. So if you have a prospective uh, occupation that you're considering, if it falls within, it's kind of like a, a Venn diagram where the area that, that all three intersect. If your, career is, uh, if your career that you're considering is inconsistent with your values, for example, it's probably not one you want to pursue, you know, and the same with your interests. And, and values, of the three, your values are the ones that are most stable and enduring, whereas you can work on developing your skills and you can discover new interests. Your values are pretty solid across the lifespan, research has shown, so, you know, if it's not consistent with your values, uh, it's it's time to consider uh, another occupational uh, option. Right, and that likely the exploration of values then becomes a big part mm-hmm. of what a career counselor would do um, with a client. Mm-hmm. Is just Absolutely. right. Is we're yeah. not necessarily going to be the trainers of the of the interests or the skill, but how can we maybe access well the knowledge of all three, that mm-hmm. triangulation model you're talking about, that mm-hmm. would be part of the work a career counselor would maybe do then. Mm-hmm. But then also maybe some exploration of the values. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Mark or Bob? Yes. I'm you know, because I'm kind of a natural I never was a cheerleader per se, but I'm a cheerleader in general. 
of people's passion and certainly for our counseling students and I know y'all are too um, I've in thinking about career counseling and, and my cheerleading self kind of comes in on this I'm thinking you know that is one of the core curriculum areas that KCREP requires of KCREP accredited programs and so that's how much investment our profession and how much um, well let me yeah how much investment our profession has in and puts into career counseling um, so Mark long before you were feeling that passion there were people before you saying hey this is what who we are as counselors career is a very important part of what we do as a profession I think that's probably even it wasn't that Frank Parsons back in the early 1900s mm-hmm. am I remembering my I think so history correctly you're good good, mm-hmm. good I think I think his landmark book was called uh, choosing a vocation ah. yeah Right, so still very relevant, and I think as students are uh, either currently or, f- or in the future looking at our online or campus MA counseling programs, um, that's one of the things, Mark, they're talking about. It's kind of both levels here, right? They're looking into who am I as a professional? What is it that I'm seeking in my career? What are my values? And then they're also hopefully on that other level thinking, how can I help somebody else? How can I help another person who is asking themselves the same questions? I love that personally about counseling. Yes. That um, you know, it's it's there's a very very much a strong personal component to that that we can't teach these things without really feeling it at a deep level ourselves. So right, because it could be the training we we go and do our uh, masters and our doctoral studies, but there's still got to be that deep value. And Mark, I know that you have that for career. Yeah, I mean, while I was. Uh a graduate assistant uh, helping people with their career decision making I was going through the same process a parallel process and so when there were mock interviews and I was helping students with mock interviews um, I was also asking uh, colleagues and supervisors to schedule uh, me for a mock interview and could we do this and could you just call me on the phone you know while I'm while I'm at another job, you call me on the phone for a telephone interview so I could rehearse the experience of interviewing on the phone, which is very different from face-to-face and in some ways more challenging. So I did some mock interviews on the telephone, too. And uh, that, was you, that was you asking for that. Yeah, hey, could you yeah. call me? <laughs> call me up and ask me, ask me these 12 questions in any order or just ask me any, yeah. any 10 of these or add some of your own. Mm-hmm. And they get, would, yeah. To get that practice in. Yeah. And then to get their feedback, too. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then the career is so rich like that, right? There's the phone interview, yeah. and there's maybe the face-to-face, and then there's going to be a second follow-up face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And then let's just change up the context and think you're already maybe a mid-career person, mid-life uh, career person, and mm-hmm. you're thinking, wow, I don't know that this suits my values anymore. Or maybe mm-hmm. there's more that, that I want to do there. and. I know that uh, you and other career counselors are seeing that in the in the field as increasingly there are a number of midlife career changes. Mm-hmm. I don't know a set number on that, but I know somebody somebody told me one time you're going to change careers about nine times. I in think your life. it's even increasing now is for it? the younger ones coming out. Wow, yeah. nine times. I've heard, right. that, I've yeah. heard that number. So whatever yeah. the number is, if it's nine or that's whatever it is. That's the one I've heard. You're hearing that one? <laughs> Could be more. Yeah, so all the more, right? And plus, it's what we do for so many hours um, during the workday. Even if we have the great flexibility of uh, working in one place versus the other, working at home, working at Panera Bread, or working at uh, you know your desk job, whatever the case may be, career is a big part of you know what we do as, as people in general. 
Um, so all the more reason that we have to really invest in it at a high level in our training programs. Yeah, absolutely. And and the students that we're, we're working with uh, in the master's program are very close to graduation typically. So that, uh, you know, that transition from student to worker is just around the corner. So, you know, it, it would be... Uh, you know, it'd be short-sighted of them not to see the significance of the of the course in career counseling. Mm-hmm. And I, I know what you're saying there, that kind of in their plan of study, the career counseling course tends to fall toward the back back half of that uh, plan of study. So so for the students who are listening, or either currently or for future, um, you know, you're probably hearing both the passion that we have as a department for, uh, in this case, career counseling and for your training in general. But we're also just continuing ourselves, right, to not only say, hey, we're passionate, but really to invest in other people. And, um, Mark, we're going to talk to you in, a, in another podcast. And so this is going to be a teaser here of sorts, Bob, for yes. uh, Mark's fantastic ex-offenders program that has a very wonderful career component uh, in that as well. So uh, I hope uh, listeners will come back for that. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so I'm hoping students are hearing the passion and that it's not just a, a static passion but it is a growing and constantly investing uh, and evolving uh, passion that we have here in our Wake Forest University Department of Counseling. Mark we're doing this campus and we're doing it in our online master's programs uh, both clinical mental health counseling and school counseling. Uh, It's something that students can expect either as a school counseling student or as a clinical mental health student they're going to have a career course uh, and plus other opportunities, even if it's just the one course, they're still getting opportunities in practicum and internship in research projects as, as they choose to incorporate career. So there are a lot of opportunities to, uh, for that person who's coming specifically as a career counselor. Um, they're going to get that training as the clinical mental health counseling and the school counseling student will, but um, a lot of opportunity for them to really invest in that passion that they might feel or that calling that they might feel in career. So we're hoping we're doing a good job we think we are but we're we're constantly working on it right Bob we are constantly all right Mark do you have anything else you want to share with us before we end our podcast today just the you know just the career counseling is very personal you know because it's so much we spend so much of our time and so much of our identity is is connected to um our career identity and uh so much of our sense of of well-being and, and mental health and and wellness is is connected to our to our career. So I think it's really really a central uh, aspect of uh, the counselor identity. That's a great word, Bob. That's probably That's a good it. place to stop right that there. That is. We thank you, Mark. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. Thank you so much, Shannon and Bob. <laughs>